0: Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at maximum teahoo.com. Perke Treasury Season 2 of the PAL four twenty-eight Dalad <speaking> Chavchet <in Hebrew> Rabbi Elazar Hakapar Omer Rabbi Elazar Hakapar said Hakina Jealousy. Vihatava and lust, vihakavod and glory, Motsian Essa Adam Minhaolam. Remove a man from the world. A small Mishnah but always good Mishnah's and Pirkyavas packed with a lot of information. Rabbi Lazar Kapar is mentioned only once in the Mishnah, but is cited many times in Tosefta and Brysis. His son was Bar Kapara, and among his most prominent students was Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi from Hulan. Apparently, he was the resident of Lod, as indicated by the Tosefta, which records the discussion among him, Rabbi Yehuda HaNasi, Rabbi Shmuel ben Yossi and Rav Pinchas ben Yair at the shop of ben Pazi and Lod. He considered peace the key to all blessing and explained that this is why the Amida prayer concludes with the blessing for peace. From Sifre and His son amplified this idea to the extent of stating that even idolaters who coexist peacefully with each other are protected against evil. Another famous statement of his conveys the intrinsic value And link of all holy places to the Holy Land, the synagogues and study halls in Babylonia will be relocated in the future to the land of Israel from Megillah." Rabbi Lazar had a keen understanding of the vanity of the vices discussed in this mission, and he emphasized the enduring quality of offering oneself in service to others, even at the cost of being abused. His advice is recorded in Apple Surbanu. Nasan: one should never be like the lintel of a door out of reach for most people. Instead, be like the doorstep, which, though trod upon by all, lasts forever, long after the rest of the building has been destroyed." Let's look at the bottom. Wiser than a horse. Somebody opened a store right next to mine, and I'm surely going to lose my livelihood. He will take all my business away, complained the storekeeper to a mayor of Premish Land. The sage replied, Have you ever seen a horse drink water from a river? He walks into the river and stamps his hooves. Do you know why he does that? He looks down at the water, sees another horse also drinking. Envious and afraid that the other horse will drink up all the water, he kicks his mirror image. That is the attitude of the horse Continued, Marilo, But you know better. You realize that there is enough water in the river for all the horses and that no one can touch what God has prepared for his friend. Place your trust in God and you will have nothing to fear and no reason to be jealous of. Jealousy is a very dangerous trait. One who is jealous of his friend's possessions, position, or power seeks to outdo him in these areas. It can be a positive life force. However, one is envious of the righteous and strives to emulate them. That's okay. That's an example of transforming a poor motive into a positive one. Our sages taught rivalry between scholars increases wisdom from Baba Basra. But regarding wealth and possessions, there are also various levels of envy. The most extreme form is that of one who begrudges others' wealth since he lacks in himself, such as Person is truly inferior since he has no interest in human welfare. One who has a lesser degree of envy cannot tolerate the fact that others are wealthier than he's than he is. In his eyes, the wealth is honor, and he wants to be more important than others. The most tolerable level of envy is one who is envious of his friend's riches and simply wishes to possess such wealth himself. Nonetheless, all types of jealousy are emotionally debilitating. King Solomon teaches, at Envy is the decay of bones. Meaning, jealousy penetrates to and corrodes the inner being of a person. Not good to have that. We should try to avoid it. We know Korach was jealous. He wanted to get power and position from himself, and the end of his episode was not good, so we should try to avoid it as well as much as we can. Lust, the lust for money or physical pleasures can be a debilitating force. Even permitted pleasures can become obsessive if one over indulges in them. We should be careful and the Vel Nagon quotes Mivhar HaPeninim, who compares indulging one's lust to drinking salty water. The more you drink, the thirstier you get. The Talmud teaches about lust. Starve it, and it is satisfied. Satisfy it, and it is starved. You have to be careful with all of these different things. Glory, the love of honor and glory, is a despicable trait, and forcing others to honor oneself is a base form of the spiritual malady. Worse still, is allowing oneself to be honored for qualities one does not possess. Even scholars or righteous people who deserve honor should not seek it, and even the king of Israel, whom we are commanded to revere, is enjoined to be careful that his heart does not become haughty over his brethren. See Deuteronomy. Honor is legitimate only when one accepts it in order to enhance respect for Torah and its giver. We should be careful with that. The Mishnah teaches us elsewhere the best way to get honor is to actually flee from it, and we should... Make sure to flee from honor and not run after honor. Someone who runs after honor, honor will run away from him. But someone who runs away from honor, honor will follow him. All the way at the bottom, say it again. Yerovam's question is rather puzzling. Why did he ask who would go first? Because there was a story that Euruvim was sitting and he was told that he would be walking about in the... Next world, and he will walk with the son of Jesse. God tells him, and he said, who will go first? Yeravim asked God, who will go first? God answered, the son of Jesse will go first, and he said, if so, I refuse. So his question is puzzling. Why did he ask who would go first? God had told him the order. You and I and the son of Jesse, Rav Chaim Shulavitz, in a humorous but poignant remark, explained that Yeravim wanted to hear the statement again. The pursuit of honor is so addictive that one could never... Get enough of it. But honor is really detrimental. It's very fleeting. We should be careful to avoid it. And henceforth, we will make sure that it won't catch up with us, that we won't do bad things with it. Remove a man from the world. A man with such reprehensible qualities will inevitably lose his faith in the Torah and will attain neither intellectual nor ethical excellence. Rambam, according to other commentators, the world mentioned here refers to the world to come. In addition to the great calamities which befall a person in this world as a result of these vices, he may lose his share, and the world to come for jealousy, lust, and glory are the roots of most sins. Let's look at the bottom, last round. Another explanation why a person desires honor more, more strongly as he gets older is that he begins... To face the imminent, imminence of death, which challenges his sense of personal worth. On the one hand, he's obligated to say the world was created from me, from Sanhedrin. On the other hand, the existence of death stands in sharp contradiction to the notion of individual importance. For one can hardly claim that his existence justifies a world that will continue to exist after he is gone. It is only faith in the ultimate resurrection of the dead, which enables him to continue to assert his eternity in the face of death. See, Pachad Yitzchak As man begins to sense his mortality, he feels an increasing need to make his mark in the world, and this desire awakens an inordinate appetite for glory. So be careful with all of these traits, and hopefully we could live out 120 years, we should be all zoha to have it, in wonderful, peaceful, happy ways. Join us next time as we talk about different stages of life and what happens in the future. God willing, here on the PAL with Tani G, and I'm your host, Tani G.